Praise the Lord. It's, it's a real joy to be with you. And especially to renew fellowship again with David and Linda. Uh, we've known them for a few years. We'll not say how many, but, but it's a joy to renew fellowship with you. But let's just still our hearts right now. You know, we've been singing about going beyond the veil and entering into the presence of the Lord, coming before his throne of grace. And it says, the scripture says very clearly, that we may obtain something, that we may obtain grace and mercy to help in time of need. I don't know about you, but I need that. So let's just still our hearts and enter in because we need to receive from him We've had a week where we've heard voices, <laughs> situations have happened, situations have developed in our lives, but we need to hear the Lord this morning. And so, Lord, with confidence, we come before your throne of grace. Lord, we need to hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, that you know and you understand every situation and every circumstance of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love, that you care about everything that we are facing and everything that we're going through. And we confess that you are the answer. And Lord, would you just take of your word this morning through a weak clay vessel, but Lord, would you take your word quickened by the power of your Holy Spirit and would you minister the appropriate word for each person and the appropriate word for every circumstance and situation. And we look to you because you are on the throne this morning. All things are under your feet. You have triumphed that we might triumph in you. You have overcome that we might overcome in you. And we'd be careful to give you all of the praise, the honor and the glory in Jesus name. going to look at uh, one verse of scripture in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. But let me just lay a little bit of foundation. We are living in a world of instability and a world of tremendous uncertainty. And the Bible says that because of the expectation of all of those things that are coming on the face of the earth, Luke 21, 26 says, Man's heart's failing them for fear because of all that's happening on the face of the earth. The causes of fear, of course, we know are numerous and varied. National as well as personal. Yet we are, as believers are commanded not 
to fear. And in this verse we're going to read in Isaiah 41 verse 10, we have actually personal assurances from the Lord himself regarding his people. These are assurances, promises, and God is not a man that he should lie. Scripture says he's faithful to his word to complete it. Isaiah 41 verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so the injunctions of this verse is do not fear. That's where it starts. Which is a command as well as a prefix to a promise. The Lord says do not fear. And yet as we've noted we look around our media and the news and television and everything else and our circumstances of life and there are opportunities to fear for all of us. But it starts out with do not fear. And fear generally comes when we walk by sight and not by faith. It's like the spies, the 12 spies that went into the land, who apart from Joshua and Caleb, and in spite of the promise of God, because God said to them, the land is yours. I have given it to you for an inheritance. But in spite of that, 10 of those spies came back, it says, with an evil report, because of what they saw. Numbers chapter 13, verse 31 says, But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able. Now God says, You are able. <laughs> but in spite of, and because of what they saw, they said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And so it's so easy, isn't it, in life to be distracted by the things that surround us. And it would seek to rob us of faith and trust in the Lord and in the promise of his word to you and me as believers. But the injunction here in Isaiah 41.10 is do not fear. Then it goes on to give the reasons why we should and do not need to fear. And the first one is the promise of his presence. Do you know the Lord's with you? Now, we don't always feel that or sense that, but the reality is, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so we have the promise of his presence. I was reminded of Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and verse 12, and the angel of the Lord comes to him, you know, and Gideon is, is threshing wheat in a wine press, which is not the normal place. But he's doing it there for fear of the Midianites. And the Lord comes to him. The angel of the God comes to him and says, The Lord is with you, you mighty man 
of valor. Now, I know when we read that and look at that situation, we sort of think, that doesn't look to me or sound like any, any mighty man of valor. But in the Lord, we are, even though we might not feel like it. But he comes to the Gideon and says, the Lord is with you. Now, Gideon starts to do something that you and I have never done. He makes excuses. Now, I know you've never done that. That was a chance to say amen, but you missed it. (laughs) But he says this, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the weakest or the least in my father's house. So, So why me? Surely that can't happen. And after all of his excuses as to why it shouldn't or it couldn't be with him, the Lord reiterates his promise in Judges chapter 6 and verse 16. And he adds a little word, surely. Without a doubt, certainly I will be with you. We need to be aware of that in our lives and in the circumstances that come into our lives. The promise of his presence, surely I will be with you. In Isaiah 43, the Lord says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Isn't that wonderful? We're saved, born again. Not because anything that we could do, but through the grace and the mercy and the love of God. He has redeemed us with his own precious blood. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. I think that's absolutely fantastic, you know. That the Lord knows you by name. It's not just, oh, well, the church. (laughs) The table, the tandragi. It's every individual Name, He calls you by name. And listen to it. You are mine. You belong to Jesus. And he has started a work in you. And that work is both individual and collective. He started a work in you that he says, I will finish and I will complete until the day of Jesus Christ. And because we are his redeemed people, the Lord goes on to say in verse 2 of Isaiah 43, and it says, when you pass through the waters. Now, if I was writing this, I would change the word when to if. Okay? Because if means it may not happen. When means somewhere along the line in our walk with the Lord and in our experience, things are going to happen. But it says, when you pass through the waters, listen to it, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not, not might not, but shall not overflow you. And through the fire, you shall not be burned. But the Lord is with us. I don't know whether you have ever said to the Lord, where are you? 
when you've been in circumstances and situations of your life, have you ever said, Lord, where are you in this? And the reason why we say, Lord, where are you, is because I've lost sight of him. Not because he's moved, because he's right with us, but because I've lost sight of him. I've allowed circumstances or situations to almost take my focus away and I'll lose sight of him. But he says, I am with you. Surely I will be with you. So we have the promise of the reality and the certainty of his presence with us. Then in Isaiah 41.10, it goes on and talks about the the promise of his presence, but also the promise of his person. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Be not dismayed. That word means perplexed. To have your gaze taken away. To gaze about in anxiety because of all that would surround us. Be not dismayed. Don't be perplexed. Why? Because I am your God. Personal. Not just corporate, but personal. I was thinking about the incident in Exodus chapter 3 and verses 13 and 14 with the burning bush. And in response to the, if you like, the statement of Moses, what if they ask me, what is the name of the one who sent you? God says this, tell them, I am who I am. Very simple. No explanation. No detail. I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. So as it says, I am your God. He's saying, I do not change. Circumstances may change, but God never changes. He is saying, my promises to you are yes and amen. Those promises that we have received that sometimes seem a long time in coming. And time is a a great one to rob us. But his promises are yes and amen. He's not bound by our circumstances or constrained by our situations. He's not limited in any way. And yet sometimes we look at those things in our lives and think, how on earth can that ever be? But God's not limited, bound, or restricted. Because he is your God. He's saying that his plans for us are not limited by the situations in our lives. And yet sometimes we look at circumstances in our lives and it limits us. It actually constrains us. But he's not bound. 
He's saying, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed, for his will and his purposes will prevail no matter what. And sometimes it's the no matter what that becomes our enemy. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for his will and purposes will prevail. Then not only do we have the promise of his presence and the promise of his person with us, we also in Isaiah 41 and 10 have the promise of his power. In three areas, we have the promise of his power. He says, I will strengthen, I will help, and I will uphold. Any of us need any of those? (laughs) I will strengthen, I will help, I will uphold. And it starts with the affirmation of not maybe, he says, I will. And that's the confidence that we can have in our Lord. It's not a maybe. It's not if you do this or you do that or or you achieve some grade or other. He says, I will. I will strengthen. I will help. I will uphold. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And this always challenges me. I don't know about you. But the first phrase says, be anxious for nothing. I'd rather it said some things. Be anxious for absolutely nothing. For in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. How many know when the challenges come, it's so difficult to do things with thanksgiving? And that's why the Bible talks about a sacrifice of praise. When the situation doesn't warrant it, and I certainly don't feel like it, but I make a decision, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be continually in my mouth. That's a decision that sometimes we have to make. But in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Anybody need the peace of God? No storms of life. And yet Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My own peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You already have his peace. It's a promise. It's part of your inheritance in Christ. He leaves it with you. Whether I avail myself of that is entirely up to me. But we have his peace. Which surpasses, it says, all understanding. In other words, it's not logical. In the circumstances of life, suddenly the peace of God comes and it's not logical. You think, I shouldn't be feeling this peace. Sometimes you can almost feel guilty for being peaceful in a situation that you shouldn't. But it's beyond our understanding. 
And it says this, it will guard or keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So first it says, I will strengthen. To impart courage. Anybody need any courage for what you're facing? He says, I will strengthen. I will impart courage. To be made firm. So that when the wind blows against your, as it were, your spiritual house, and even sometimes our natural house, and the waves beat against you as a believer, he says, I will strengthen you. I will make you firm so that when those things come, you will not be overthrown. But there's a place in the Lord where we can be firm and secure. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 says that he would grant you, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit. In other words, it's a divine strength. It's not a natural strength. And many of us know all too well that our natural strength fails very quickly. The Bible says the arm of flesh is weak. And we might consider ourselves strong physically in the natural, but somewhere along the line that strength fails us. But there is a divine strength that he gives us. Strengthened with might through a spirit in the inner man. Something that comes that actually strengthens us and holds us and keeps us right inside so that no matter what comes against us, we can stand. And as the scripture says, having done all, we continue to stand. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, and he said to me, and I love this, my grace is sufficient. I love that. Or it's enough. His grace is enough for you. For my strength, my power, my ability is made perfect in what? Weakness. In our weakness, his strength is perfected. Is a place of weakness a comfortable place to be? And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. But is a place of weakness a good place to be? Absolutely yes. Because then we learn how to lean on the Lord who supplies all that we need. You know, you don't learn to lean on the Lord on the mountaintop. You're just blessed beyond measure. And so you're rejoicing because of the blessing of God that, that is evident and outpoured. But in the valley of life, that's where we learn to lean on the Lord like we have never done before. And that's where we prove the faithfulness of God in our lives. So I will strengthen. Secondly, he says, I will help. I will aid you. 
I will assist you. I will support you. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need. And it's not just limited to physical needs. He said all that you need, body, soul, and spirit, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 28, 7 says the Lord is, and I love this because it's present tense. The Lord is, not the Lord was. And we could all give testimonies of how the Lord was wonderful in all that he's done through our lives. But he says the Lord is, present tense. The Lord is my strength and my shield. He's my protection. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, as a result of that, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song I will praise him. This morning, he's here to help us. Tomorrow morning, he's there to help you. He hasn't moved. He's there to help us. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6 says, So we may boldly say, or confidently declare, The Lord is my helper. He is my all in all. I will not fear what man can do to me. It's not just about circumstances, it's about evil men and across the world. We don't need to fear what man can do to us. Because why? The Lord is our helper. And then thirdly, he says, I will uphold. I will sustain. Literally, the word is, is to grasp. The Lord grasps us, takes a hold of us. To be held and to be held fast. There's no safer place to be than in the hand of the Lord. There is no safer place to be than that. Held in the hand of God. He says, I will take a hold of you. I will hold you fast. And we mentioned about Isaiah 43 too. When you pass through the waters, what I'll be with you. He's holding us. Now, sometimes those waters can be, get pretty high, can't they? Circumstances happen and you sort of think, Lord, I don't know if I can cope with this situation. I'm going to drown in it. He says, no. The scripture says that won't happen. Through the waters, they shall not overflow you. Why? Because the Lord upholds us. With his hand shall not overflow you. Psalm 37 and 24 says, Though he fall, and sometimes that can happen, though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. The Lord's not going to let that happen. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. We often talk about underneath of the everlasting arms, don't we? 
So he supports us, he strengthens us, he helps us. He upholds us in the midst of those situations that would seek to overwhelm us and that would seek to cause us to be downcast. He upholds us. And it talks about with the right hand of righteousness. Right hand in scripture is the hand of authority. Right hand in scripture is the hand of power. Right hand in scripture is the hand of strength. Right hand in scripture is also the hand of blessing. First Peter 1 verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. There's not just saving power. Thank God for that. It's the only reason why we're here is because of what the Lord has done in your life and my life. But there's keeping power. As those circumstances, those seasons come into your life and my life, there is saving power, but there is keeping power. You see, somehow Christians get the idea that faith is a power that makes God do what we want him to do. But Abraham, who was called the father of faith, because when he heard God say, go... He got up and went. Faith was very simple. Faith is obedience. When God said, sacrifice Isaac, he unquestionably was going to do it. I don't know how I'd be in that situation, but that would be a challenge. But actually, the scripture also tells us in the New Testament that he actually believed that God was able to raise him from the dead, even if he went through with it. But of course we know that, that God halted him and provided a sacrifice. You see, faith is a person. A person who loves us. A person who has redeemed us. A person who, who has imparted to us all that we need in every circumstance and situation of life. And as we are obedient to what he says... We know that he will do the rest. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful to his word. But he's faithful to you and me as his blood-bought children. Lord is faithful. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. And it just simply says, I am, I am, I will, I will, and I will. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. Personal assurances from the Lord to you and to me. Let's pray. And the Lord knows, as I said earlier, exactly where you are. He knows exactly your situation of life. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you need. And let's 
receive that portion of his word this morning that you need. Lord, thank you for reminding us of who you are. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of the reality of your presence, even when we don't feel it. We thank you for the reality of your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of your person, that you are our God. I am your blood-bought child. And because of that, you will finish the work you've started. And we can trust in you. Lord, thank you for your divine strength. And Lord, I pray this morning that each one of us that need that at this moment in time might receive and avail ourselves of your divine strength, even in our weakness this morning, Lord. Even when we're saying, Lord, how can it be? Oh, those waters are getting so high. That fire is getting so hot. I don't know whether I can cope. The Lord says, I will strengthen you. Lord, I don't know how I can come through this situation of my life at this moment in time. Just seems like there's a, there's a brick wall and some of us feel that. A brick wall in front of us. Lord, how can it be? Lord says, I will help you. I will help you. But Lord, sometimes the circumstances of my life, it's, it's like quicksand. And I feel like those things are, are dragging me down. I feel like they're, they're going to consume me. But the Lord says, I will uphold you. I will strengthen, I will help, I will uphold you. And he will bring you through because he's faithful according to his word and faithful to his children. He will bring you through in victory. He will bring you through. So right now in our hearts, can we, can we just appropriate that which God is quickening to us right now, quickening to you in your situation right now, appropriate, say, Lord, that's my promise. That's my truth. I don't feel like it. I don't see how it can be. But Lord, that is my truth because it's your word. Heaven and earth may pass away, but your word will never pass away. That's my promise. That's my truth. Lord, I receive it. I embrace it. Lord, let the reality of your word impact my life in the midst of my situation. Not waiting till we're through and rejoicing, in it, but in the midst of my situation. Let your word become my living reality that I might receive now divine strength, divine enabling. The Lord, where I've sat under circumstances, I might rise up this morning refreshed and renewed in you. 
through your word and by your spirit to run that race again that is set before us. As we look to Jesus, who is the author, who you began it, Lord, but you're also the perfecter, the finisher of our faith as we look to you. Lord, do only what you can do in our hearts and lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.